This is the DiPietro and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. We haven't spoken to this man in a very long time. We miss him. We love him. Whipped cream will be on the way very soon. We say good morning to one of the friends of the show, Mel Kuyper Jr. Good morning, Mel. How are you? My favorite tandem. Great as always. We, we, we've missed you terribly. We can't wait to start the conversations, really ramp them up. We know you have another mock draft I'm coming out uh, tonight into tomorrow morning. So, so much to hit on with you. Let's start big picture. Um, how does this quarterback class rank in your mind? And, and as we sit here last day of February, is it young and everybody else, or is it closer than that? No, it's not a group that's going to have the highest grades in the last 45 years I've been doing this. None of those quarterbacks are going to be in that league. Will Levis could have been had he had the year he had in 2021, but he was banged up all year, didn't get any help from his supporting cast. Bryce Young, if he were bigger, would be. C.J. Stroud, if he would have had more games like the Georgia one, would be. If Anthony Richardson would have played another year at Florida, he may have been talking about him elite, but he didn't. He only has 13 career starts. So there's issues with all these guys that are the reason why they're not generational but it's a good group it's an interesting group opinions of these four are all over the place and it's going to be really intriguing to see what happens at the top of the draft who trades up are there there deals possible for chicago like i'm projecting uh you know what happens after the pro days they're coming up soon all those guys are going to have pro days boom 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 and then the following week it'll be richardson all that'll be important for these guys to see who solidifies that qb1 spot mel how much real concern is there with bryce young's size though I mean that's, that's a five a ten five ten and a half. That's I mean that's especially at his weight. That's a small that's a small quarterback. Yeah, it's never happened before. History of the draft, you have never had a quarterback in the first round at five ten and a half, say one ninety, one ninety five, two hundred. Now they say he'll be two oh five. Uh we'll see. Uh working with a nutritionist, getting that weight up. I put the bar at one ninety five. If he's one ninety five or higher, he will be my Q B one. Uh slightly over Will Levis. If he's one ninety four or less, he's gonna be Q B two. So yes, the size is a big concern of uh, Bright of uh, Bryce Young since he's an outlier. We've never had that before. Why is he the outlier? Because he's a great process. He's a winner. He's a great kid. He's got everything you want. If he were bigger, it would be guaranteed. Yeah, we'd be giving a generational grade to him like we did with Trevor Lawrence, but that's not the case, and that size is a factor that would lead you to be concerned about can he hold up against those big NFL front seven guys getting after him. We see bigger quarterbacks getting hurt. Bryce Young is tiny when you look at the quarterbacks who have gone in the first round over the last 45 years. So the report that Schefter had yesterday was that they're going to, in fact, uh, trade the top pick and, uh, and, and keep Justin Fields. Right move in your mind, it sounds like? Yeah, no question. I mean, Fields has shown he can be a franchise quarterback. He's done it in the NFL. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league already. His passing gets some weapons for him. It'll keep improving there. Um, it would be like, like I'm to hear people say, well, move on from him. They would have said move on from Josh Allen in year two. Keep that in mind. Okay, so why are you moving on from a guy you know? It'll be a second year in Luke Getze's offense. Or come on, get him some more weapons. He didn't have many last year. Uh, no, over a Bryce Young, who's 5'10 and a half, and we don't know what the weight is. C.J. Stroud had that one great game against Georgia and other games, uh, you know, he would fold up like a tent in the pocket when he was pressured. And, and certainly Will Levis, I love Will Levis, but you know, let's face it, this year didn't go the way you would have hoped because of the injury. So, no, if you're the, the Bears and you can move down and still get Jalen Carter at four by pulling off two trades to pick up, up extra draft choices, that would be uh, phenomenal for the Bears. 
The great Mel Kuyper joins us here on the show. Mel, you know how this works, right? We haven't been through the combine yet or pro days, but you know how this works. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. No generational grades for you, but still a lot of quarterbacks there at the top of the draft. Do you expect a lot of movement with these teams trying to climb up to get quarterbacks? I do. Uh, they're good enough to deserve to see some movement. Uh, okay, so I would think that, you know, so keep in mind, next year you have Caleb Williams from USC and Drake May from North Carolina. will be 1-2 overall, and they may have generational grades. But these guys are, are close enough to warrant moving up, especially for a team like Carolina to move up from 9-5 to five to guarantee Will Levis if he slips to 5. Seattle could move down and still get Anthony Richardson. They say, well, why would they move down? Well, they move down because Richardson's a boomer bust guy. He can make your draft or break your heart. He's one of those guys. So if you move down to nine, you take him there as the heir apparent to Geno, and then you pick up some picks. It's a more palatable point to take a, a, an Anthony Richardson, who still only had with 13 starts. Or the old guard would look at that and say, no way. There's no way I'm taking a quarterback with 13 career starts. But Seattle can roll the dice at nine and take a quarterback with incredible talent who needs two to three years to sit, watch, and learn. All right. So, Mel, when you look at this draft, I was reading something the other day that said tight end is, is – Deeper, better than we've seen in a very long time. Where is the strength? Where is the weakness of the draft? Well, I think cornerback is very deep. Tight end, I think, is one of the best positions. There's a lot of corners. Got five in the first round. Uh, I think when you look overall at this draft, it's a bad draft. It's not a good draft. I, I struggle to get the 85 players that I really like. So you got to really, and, and some of those 85 may still be on a board in the seventh round. Okay, everybody's board may only need 85. Sometimes you only need 110, 120. So we can say it's a bad draft, but if you pick the right players, you'll be fine. I said about three, four weeks ago, if, if you end up three years from now with an A or a B draft, all your scouts should get a big, a nice significant raise because this is a tough draft to, to really isolate and, and figure out who the best players are. There's a lot of guys that you're going to roll the dice on. Some you'll hit on, some you'll, you'll fail on, but and won't, won't develop. So this is this is a tricky draft. It's not a good draft. In fact, it's one of the worst drafts in, in recent memory. But for me, I'd never say it's a bad draft. It's the first time in my history, guys, I've ever said it's a bad draft. Mel, for, for you, and again, this is only your 2.0 mock draft, but who is the best who do you think is the best player in the draft? Well, I'll go to number one guy on my board. That's which I, uh, Jalen Carter from Georgia, the defensive tackle. Uh, yeah, he's special, and he was banged up early this year. When he got healthy, he was wreaking havoc. Uh, he was arguably their best defensive player on that talent-laden defense in 2021. Will Anderson, you know, why not Will Anderson? Will Anderson, to me, is not Miles Garrett or Von Miller. He doesn't have the explosiveness out of the blocks. He doesn't have the bend, but he's a heck of a player. Now, will he be an 8-10 to 10 sack guy or a 15-20 to 20 sack guy? I'm betting more 8-10. to 10. That's why, you, you know, He's in there, you know, it's not an elite, elite, super elite, you know, top pick because of that uh, reason, for that reason. But uh, in, in terms of running backs, people say, why do you have B. John Robinson in the first round? You hate running backs. Well, he's the sixth highest rated player on the board, and I have him going to Buffalo near the end of the first round. He could go to Dallas right before them, pick one pick ahead of the bill. So Bijan, because of the talent, I think still gets into the late first round. All right, Mel, Mike, Mel Kuyper Jr. with us here, 9870 ESPN. Jets 13. Right now they have that pick. We don't know if they traded for Aaron Rodgers or they hang on to it. But right now, what, what do you see? Does it have to be offensive line or, or couldn't it be fluid with the Jets? 
It probably would have to be. The O-line is, is such a question mark at tackle. And uh, to me, uh, you, know, you have to look at a, a guy like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, a Broderick Jones uh, from Georgia. And that's assuming Peter Skaronsky is gone. If Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern is still there, and I'm going at 10, if he's still there at 13, and you think he can play left tackle, he's 6'3 and a half, you know, he has 32 and a quarter arms. So he doesn't have ideal height or length for that left tackle spot, but he played it really well at Northwestern. He's played all five spots on the offensive line. Uh, the versatility would be a real benefit to the Jets. So uh, if Skronsky's there, I would think he would be the guy, but I have him gone. That's why I went to Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Mel, in a draft like this, so, I mean, you, you know all the reports, you know all the rumors, and as a Jets fan, we're sitting here like, hoping that we get Aaron Rodgers. He makes the decision he wants to leave. We trade for him. Is, you said this is not a great draft. Now, it can be if you make the right pick, but would this be a draft where you looked at that 13th pick and said, You'd be okay trading trading it to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers? If you feel Aaron Rodgers will come in and lead you to a Super Bowl or get you deep into the playoffs, and, and I think he could. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, you're going to have to pay him, and you're going to lose some draft choices. So you have to weigh all that against a Derek Carr, who you don't have to give up anything to get, uh, and won't be as, as expensive. So I think the, the draft choices are valuable. And at 13, let's face it, you're going to get a good player. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't care if it's a bad draft or a great draft. At 13, there's, there's like I said, i got 85 players that I like. Okay, and You're at 13, you should get a good one. So, again, the offensive line is, is a neat area. So, yeah, that's something you have to weigh. Do you want to give up picks for Aaron, or you don't want to just bring in Derek Carr and, and, and use that 13th pick to help him? All right, so, Mel, walk me through this. Jets' offensive line seems like the move, and you, you echo that statement. Giants 25th, it, it feels like you're going to probably go wide receiver. How good are the receivers, and who do you see the Giants landing at 25? And I know it's early, but right now. Well, that's a great question because the receivers are a mixed opinion on every one of them. I, I, you can talk to five different teams and get five different opinions. I mean, Jordan Addison, two different teams, two different programs. Pitt and USC lit it up, but he's lean. And you think about Quentin Johnston, physically imposing, but drops some balls. You think about Zay Flowers, great player, but only 5'10", 175. Then you think about the other receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Great year in 2021, hurt all year. Only played a few snaps, only you know, limited because of the hamstring. Didn't get it done this year because of the injury. So all four of those guys bunched together because you can't. it's hard to figure out who the number one guy is. I went with Zay Flowers, with Smith and Jigba too. Addison, some people think, is number one. So I gave them at that point Quentin Johnston uh, because of the phys- how physically gifted he is. I think he drops a little bit because he's inconsistent in terms of hands. But at 25, I think the Giants need to take a receiver. Now, which one will be there? Your guess is as good as mine. One of the guys, one of those four, maybe two of those four, could still be on the board at that point. All right, Mel, last one for me. So I'm reading through your, your mock 2.0, and with the Giants, you talk about you know, bringing Daniel Jones back and potentially having Saquon Barkley back. Say Saquon Barkley isn't back. They can't come to an agreement. They have to give Daniel Jones the franchise tag. Would this be a draft where the, the Giants could find value at the running back position later on in the draft? Well, B. John Robinson, I have still on the board at 25. So, you know, he's a, he's a great back. If you say, okay, who are some of the other guys you get, could get in the second round? Dwayne McBride from UAB would be the guy I would look at. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is more of that change of pace, situational guy, can catch the ball out of Alabama. But I love Dwayne McBride. He's a powerful runner. He's got explosiveness for a big guy. He, you know, he just, to me, he can catch the ball out of the backfield where they didn't throw to him, but I think he's going to show good hands in his workout. He's got to be better with with ball security, but to me, Dwayne McBride would be a second rounder that you can get at that particular 
particular point, say in that 40 to 45 range, they can be a heck of a player. And there's depth at running back, guys. I mean, uh, Devon A. Chain from A&M, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, Kendra Miller, TCU, Israel Abanikander from Pitt, uh, I mean, uh, Ty J. Spears, Tulane. Uh, there, there's some depth at running back well into the fifth, sixth round. So I think you're going to see teams like we've seen, oh, look at Elijah Mitchell when he came out a few years ago, went in the late rounds and what he did to the, for the 49ers. We see it every year. You're going to get some good running backs on day three of the draft. All right, Mel, let's get to the important stuff now, the whipped cream. <laughs> Where are you at? How badly do you need it? And, and is it really, like, are you really jonesing for some, some low-fat whipped cream right now? I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting. I, I, I need it. It's a time of the year where you got to get me ready for the draft, and the only way to get me ready is for some whipped cream to come this way, guys, or, or it's going to be a tough uh, long haul. So uh, you guys are the ones that jumpstart me with the whipped cream in, in late February, early March, and I would expect to be the same thing happening this year. It's not going to change. But I it goes out but, this week, Mel. No yeah, problem. You're going to have it very, I mean, very You guys soon. are the best. I mean, you're, 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 I talk about you guys all the time. I, nobody else has ever done that for me. You're the only ones that ever stepped forward and lived up to your word and did what you said you were going to do. Well, you enjoy it. You're worth it. Uh, enjoy the whipped cream. Thank you for your analysis. We look forward to talking to you very soon. And we love this time of the year. And we love talking to you. Thanks, Mel. Anytime. Take care, guys. Good stuff. That, of course, is the great Mel Kuyper Jr. You can't. You can't emphasize great enough. He's awesome. Like, I, I hope, I really hope people appreciate the amount of detail and knowledge that he possesses. Like, to just to, to bring up just a, like, a, like a running back question for the Giants and for him to go through every single running back. He, ha- he knows them right off the top it's of his head. Amazing. How many times do we have a guest? And we have great guests and, and very knowledgeable. But how many times do we have a guest and RJ be like, listen. He's not really up to date on this. Maybe avoid that topic because he's not studied on it. We never had that with Mel. When you have Mel Kuyper Jr. on, you can go anywhere because the guy is studied on everything. Everything. But it's not even like just surface stuff, though. It's not like just names. No. It's like it's like he hasn't had a chance. They don't throw him the ball, but once he does, I mean, you're going to see like in his in his workout that he's got great hands. It's like um, every single guy. By the way, did did it pain you at all? When he said, "Oh, that's a great question," uh, I gave you. Yeah, you yeah, you won the interview. What do you want to tell you? No, that, that's what I'm looking for. It was an excellent. It sounds like he's pro Derek Carr too. Like my takeaway from that, it, it sounded pro Carr and lukewarmish on on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think he thinks it's more valuable to to take Derek Carr and then draft with that 13th pick. You really shore up the offensive line right there. Right. I don't listen. I don't think it's. I don't think it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just not. It's not exciting. No, it's not. It's not. We we it hired Nathaniel Hackett like like Aaron. I mean Aaron Rodgers. Now you're talking about you. You go from being the laughing stock of the NFL as far as quarterback situation to you. You've got one of the great quarterbacks in the history of football. Right. Hey, listen. You're no slouch with Derek Carr either. I no, mean, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is good. But there are still some concerns. Yeah, like this is. The longer this goes, the the more and more anxious I get. I mean, it can't go much longer. Oh, please. I know. Like, let's just get this thing situated, man. But, it, I mean, w- w- you have to put the tag on guys by next... What, by, the seventh, by the 7th. So, which is, which is a week from today, I think. And then the 13th is when you can start... I mean, that's when start free agency the, starts. The legal tampering, which is, uh, which is a comical phrase. Right. So, they, I mean, this has to be done shortly. I would think within the next couple well, I know, of weeks. This is I know Derek, wrapped up. Derek Carr said he wants to get his done, so his team has the ability now to go out in free agency and build around him. But what happens if you don't get Carr and then you don't get Rodgers? Then it's full Jimmy panic. Jimmy G? Mode. Then it's full panic. How, how? Okay, here's a question for you. 
Is there a bigger difference in your mind going from Rodgers to Carr or Carr to Garoppolo? Rodgers to Carr. So so Carr to Garoppolo, you'd be like, oh, you know, it's negligible. It's fine. Um, I think that Carr is the better quarterback, but I think that Jimmy G, and he's, and he's healthier. Is a winner. Uh, and his, I, I know his teammates really like him, and he's had playoff experience, played in the Super Bowl. Derek Carr has played, like as good as he is statistically, like his numbers are good statistically. He, I mean, he's played one playoff game. That's right. That was what, that Bengals game where the, the ball hit like the, 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 whatever that was, like the wire? No, nah, listen, I give him tons of credit for getting his team into the playoffs, but still. Like yeah, Robert Sala knows Jimmy G. He's had success with Jimmy G. He's trying to build the game. I mean, the same kind of thing here. Great defense. Quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. It's a West Coast offense. Your Jets have to go to the playoffs next year. Have to. I, like, I he has I, to. I don't care who I don't care who the quarterback is. You have to go to the playoffs next well, year. Well, that's as I mean, that's as close as what he's gonna go given a playoff man. Like he doesn't like to say it, but that well, was I, I, mean, I understand he's that pretty I don't much think said he it. need to say it, but but he but he said it without saying it. Yeah, right. We're we're, we're a piece away. It's One missing piece. piece. Derek Carr, draft the top offensive lineman, move on from Corey Davis. I mean, you're not, now you're cooking. Brees Hall comes back healthy. Vera Tucker healthy. All of a sudden, now you're cooking. Yeah, listen, I mean, we got the talent, man. Well, I don't like how the season ended. I mean, that's oh, not how you like you the season You lost six end. games in a row. How could you possibly like how right. the season ended? Oh, no, with, like real, like with real chances there later in the season to, to get yourself into the playoffs. But I understand uh, it, man. It's the most important position in sports, and you didn't have it. Let's go to uh, let's do a couple callers here, and we'll get Ooh. back to the next. Yeah, that's right. Jim and Madison. Hi, Jim. You're on 98.7. Good morning, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, I'm just curious. Uh, who do you think would win in a where-did-they-go-to-college competition, Dave Mel. or Mel Kuyper? Mel. Well, here's the, here's the question, though. Is it solely NFL, or are you incorporating NBA like we do? I think you'd have to keep it solely NFL. I think I think he wins. Mel, because unless if we open it up to all NFL, Mel would win. If it was yeah. just skill position players, Dave would have a chance. Mm, I don't well, know. Well, for that. instance, for instance, Dave, where did Lawrence Taylor go to college, and how much did he weigh his junior year? See, I feel like Mel could maybe answer that. Well, Lawrence Taylor on his rookie card was six three two forty eight from Williamsburg, Virginia, wow. wore number ninety eight in college, and went to North Carolina. I mean, I can hold my I, own when it comes to my guys. I stand corrected. Love you guys. Thank you. How, I mean, really, how dare you? Yeah, you cease to amaze people Why? every day. Why? I hope people Why? understand. I mean, this is you're, you're getting a chance every day for four hours to witness greatness. It really is. I'm not afraid to say it. All right. Well, I'll take it. I appreciate it. But I, I don't. I don't see what I just did. I mean, you you asked me about Lawrence Taylor. That is my guy. Yeah, but he. But he. I mean, this is a multiple part question, though. And I, I can answer every single part of it. Right, which is which is great. I yeah. mean, I'd have and a hard his, time telling you how much my favorite players weighed going into the league. But and his uh, his friend group growing up was uh, DeFellas, was what they called themselves. See, I could tell you every, I could tell you the equipment. If you asked me equipment, I could tell you all the equipment. I could that was not like do that. That was my thing because I was I obsessed with that. equipment. Well, that's good. But wait, I, I don't even know that I college, can name you no. like like multiple like there's what coho is that one of the hockey equipment? It used to be yeah coho. Oh, it doesn't exist anymore. There's no more coho. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, well, I used to use a coho stick, and now they're and now they've gone under. Yeah, there's Bauer. Is it right Bauer? I know. Yeah, CCM. Right. There's True now. True, I didn't know. Yeah, True. They just they they make goalie pads now. That's not the same one that makes the treadmills, is it? 
Uh, no. Okay. No, Different company. I so, smashed the gotcha. treadmill through the blind through the window. That's right. I still I still don't believe you did that. Okay. Well, no, I believe you did it. I still can't believe Void, that you would do something like that. Because so it was destructive. A, a, it was a fit of rage. Yeah, I know, but you got to control yourself. You're a I grown man. I can't. But this is not recent. This is years ago. Yeah, yeah, but you're still in your. I mean, what? Early forties? Uh, yeah, probably in my forties. Right. Yeah. This wasn't like the twenty-two-year-old Dave. No, not when I was a younger journalist. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here. Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. The whipped cream is it going out this week? It's going out this week. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I thought I had more of the uh, the ice. I was wrong. You, you go dry ice, right? Yeah, I used it. I used it all last year, so I had to order some more. All right. Listen, I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm not questioning no, you. No, no, I do. I just a, want to see process. where we are. Cause right, right. It's a process. This is not as simple as like I just go to the store, pick up a couple cans, and send have, it. It's, have you purchased the cans, or is that the last step? The the cans are the last step. The cans are the last. They go thing out you do. fresh. How many? Um, how many cans do you think you're going to include, Tamil? I'm going to try to fit eight, hopefully. We think that'll last him a week? I would say at this I mean, he's starving for it. I would say four days probably. Now, Combine is today. Yeah, this is, uh, dude, I think the quarterback's throw on Saturday. I mean, this is very exciting for you. you. Nobody loves the Combine like you. Love it. You love it. Yeah, I don't love it as much as you do. Why? I don't. I mean, I, I, I'll, I like reading about it. I'm not going to sit there and watch hours and hours and hours of combine. I'm fascinated by it. I know you are. I like the 40s. That's so why it makes you who you are. You see, you can now bet on the combine. Can you really? Yeah, you could bet. I guess the fastest 40 ever was was it John Ross? Is that who had it? Had like um, a, a four two two. Yeah, wasn't that that was that was the year that they had to deal with? Was it Adidas? There was a deal that if you had the fastest, fastest forty time, that you got some kind of an Adidas contract or something. Dude, I, I listen. The, those guys that run that fast, it's impressive. But I'm more impressed like when you have the big, the, the big guys, like the the 340 pound guys that can run like a four nine. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I mean, then then you get a chance to like be, like be on the field. Like I got a chance to, during our tailgate. I went on the field for pregame warmups of that Miami game, and then you see the size of these guys. It's like. It's incredible. It's it's kind of terrifying to be honest. Kind of when you when you realize because we spent a lot of time with Canty and Canty is an enormous human being and you realize it's all Canties right they're all six seven three thirty it's terrifying dude not only that at that but at the remember at the softball game he hit that like little tapper to third base and he pulled like he decided like he was going to go straight yeah he like, busted it yep. It, it took him like to the wall to slow himself down. He was not going only so that. Fast. Could you imagine though if the first baseman had been in the field to play and Dead. got run over by him and trampled? Uh, it would then the hospital ambulance. Yeah, right immediately. All right. So Knicks. I mean, just uh, I don't know what more there is to say. A wonderful win last night. Everybody outside of R.J. Barrett played well, but I, I don't. I don't want to beat up R.J. Barrett today. I think that's unfair. I mean, Josh Hart adds a toughness and a real presence to this team, and really is fit right. And they haven't lost a game since they acquired him. Um, Randall continues to play well. Brunson was not great, but was good. Although Mitchell Robinson was excellent, quickly was good. Toppin was good. It's you know what the thing is. It's all gelling at the exact right time. Right, and Tibbs talked about it after the game. I mean, that's that's the goal. I mean, you play the eighty-two in hopes that towards the end of the season, 
You're, you're, I mean, you've come together. You're playing your best basketball, which gives you your best shot once you get into the postseason to have success. And the Knicks are putting themselves in a spot where they have a legitimate chance. They'll have a legitimate chance to win a first-round playoff series. Right. So you expect them to stay ahead of Brooklyn? Yes. I do, too. I expect them to be somewhere in the four or five. So you think four or five, and that's pretty much where they, they're going to wind up, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's a, I got to tell you, that would be a heck of a season. Heck of a season, man. Yeah, this is different, though. Let's, let's not get this twisted. This is not two years ago when they had the four seed and got exposed in the playoffs. This is a much better team. We think, yes. No, I, I know. It's a better team. I, I know they are, but uh, here, here's the thing, and I don't know if you feel like this. Until I act, like I am always gun shy until I see it. I, let, let me just see it in the postseason. I, I know it's true, but just let me, let me see it. Yeah, but I think we're starting to see enough, man. I gave you the number earlier. Last 40 games, they're 26 and 14. That's a pretty, I mean, 40 games is a pretty big sample size. It's a tremendous sample size, and they've played so well lately, but you don't think you could have given me impressive numbers back two years ago? No, I know, but still, like, even during that, even during that run, like, they pick up Derrick Rose and they go on that run, it still felt, it, it didn't feel like it was real. It felt like a mirage. Nah, nah, you may not a mirage, but I just it, it felt like they were they were overachieving, and then it turns out they were because when they played Atlanta, they got exposed. Like you said it earlier in the show, it was it was kind of like as long as we can take care of Julius Randle, we like our chances. That's right. Well, I think with this team, you take care of Julius Randle, you still got to worry about Jalen Brunson. Hopefully, All right, so, it, so question for you now: This team plays that team in a seven game series. What happens? I think they smack them. Yeah, I think this team wins in five. I think this team smacks them. Yeah, I mean, I you're starting to see what like, what's what's becoming clear is this team now has an identity. We talked about earlier in the season when things were kind of they were scuffling. It didn't look as good as you hoped. That well, what really is this team? It doesn't feel like they're great defensively. But when you start looking at what they did, I mean, to have the Celtics only score 15 points in the first quarter, 94 in the game. It's it's their third lowest total of the season, tied for the third lowest total of the season. And on top of that, you start getting into the numbers. I mean, Knicks are third in the NBA in field goal percentage against, fourth in three-point percentage against. Like, it's a good, solid defensive team that has guys that can score. Jalen Brunson can score. Julius Randle having an all-star season, averaging 25. Like, quickly gave you 23 off the bench last night. You leave Josh Hart open, he can hit shots. Mitchell Robinson is clearly a difference maker. Tremendous. I, I, I mean, I think that you could even argue that he makes this thing go. Not that he is the most important piece, but when he's back there and his defensive presence, he's a terrific rebounder. He's a terrific shot blocker. There's something really special and unique about Mitchell Robinson. Right. And he made some humongous plays last night. The block oh, on Tatum at the rim. He's a the rim. beast around the rim. The only concern, I won't say negative, the only concern is that late in these games, crunch time, R.J. Barrett is not right now in the in the trust tree. That's correct. Tips. That's correct. And on that note, let's go to Sal in Queens. Good morning, Sal. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Good morning. Uh, well, I know we said R.J. Barrett didn't have a great game. He hasn't had a great game in a long time. But I'm sure you guys are sitting there watching the whole game yesterday, start to finish, just like I was. And I felt like it made, I'm pretty sure it was the end of the second quarter. Yeah, uh, we started to lose momentum a little bit, and we started to really like the ball started to stick. It started to get stagnant. I was worried we were going to blow the big lead, and then RJ hit a three in the corner, and the next possession came up and went to the rim with his right hand actually, and went up and hit a big layup to put us back up like fifteen. 
So I don't think he's going to have to be the superstar on this team, but it's just so frustrating sometimes thinking about him because he shows so many flashes, and I just don't know what it's actually going to be for the rest of his career because he's been stuck in the same point for four years of saying, damn, I really want him to get better. I really hope he gets better. You know, he shows me the flashes of it, but then all of a sudden he goes back and regresses. But I think a strategy that we could use would be since we have two great six men coming off the bench now that we have Josh Hart, who is the best biggest winner of all time, I guess. He doesn't lose games. So having him and quickly coming off the bench, I think one of them could start, keep RJ on the bench, and hopefully that'll shake him up and get him right to start going forward. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think it's a good call, Sal, but I don't I don't know that you have to play head games with RJ Barrett. No, I, I think, think I think what Sal's point was to try to find a way to get him going. I think it's a, I think right now, I mean it's it, the recipe is we've seen it now. It's consistent where you know Julius Randle gets you off to a good start in the Correct. second quarter. It's kind of like where does RJ fit in this? I, I think that's going to be up to RJ. Because I mean, in the, he's right. Like late, late in that second quarter, he started to cook a bit, but still, like, I mean, is there a bit, between Brunson and Randall the way that they want to play? It's like I mean, they they have more success when it's you got Mitch in the middle and you have guys that can space the floor and hit threes. He's got to figure out a way to shoot threes. He has to. He's, I don't know if I he mean, can. I mean, then this summer, all you do is take 5,000 shots a day and become a... I mean, you're not Ben Simmons. Go out there no. and work at it and shoot the three. No? Uh, well, listen, man. I mean, it's. It, it, I, don't, I don't question his work ethic. Neither do I. But I think when you start looking at what Tibbs is doing late in these games, I mean, Josh Hart and Emmanuel quickly played all, all of the fourth quarter. Like, on top of the fact that he's, I mean, he hasn't been consistent scoring, I mean, has R.J. Barrett's defense been consistent? No. Right. That That's the problem. What does he do so well that you have to have him on the court in crunch time? Apparently not, that, apparently okay. not enough because he hasn't been. Okay. And and do you do you watch the fourth quarter saying to yourself, man, I really wish R.J. Barrett were out there on the court? Dave, how many, how many weeks have I been telling you this? It felt like it was trending in this direction. It was Grimes, but now it's Hart. Like, I mean, and I have a hard time disagreeing with Tibbs. Quickly's well, been great. Hart is, I mean, Hart does everything that you need him to do. Then on top of that, you leave him open, he's going to hit the shot. I mean, Josh Hart is a winner. He was a winner at Villanova. He's a winner in the NBA. That's just, that's, that's just what he is. Does he do anything great? Probably not. He does everything pretty well. He can shoot. He defends. He's an intangible guy. Right? He's, he's on the court diving and scrapping for loose balls. He's just, that's what you want. That's the kind of guy that, that really good teams have. He is a tone setter is what he is. Exactly what he is. Let's go to... Uh, Go to Shooter in Stanford quick. Good morning, Shooter. You're on 98.7. Good morning, fellas. Can you stump the king, Dave Rothenberg of ESPN Radio? This show died no, no, don't make, a, don't make a promo. They don't want me to have a promo, and I don't want you to force a promo down their throats. You deserve one, Dave. You deserve one. No, you're in the well, minority. Stop kissing his ass, would you, Shooter, please? You Enough. know, let the man speak, would you, please? I'm not kissing no, anyone's please. ass. He deserves Enough. one. You guys all know it. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Yes, man. Get it together. Get it together. All right. The Knicks, baby. This is fantastic. Josh Hart is just gelling this team together, right? I was a, I was a basketball coach. I'm a girls softball coach now. He's just that hustle, scrappy guy that every coach loves. When he's on the court, everything seems to come together. He helps other players play better. He takes pressure off other players. He is just fantastic and I think what's going on with RJ Barrett right is he's a rhythm guy he doesn't have the rhythm right he's used to having the ball in his hands a lot and he doesn't and he's not used to it and I like what Sal said I like what you guys said 
about him coming off the bench and just being the man where he had the ball in his hands. And I think that's where he's going to get his confidence back and eventually get into the starting lineup. And think back to Larry Johnson, right? Remember, LJ was a power guy. He lost it, and then he just started nailing threes, right? Vince Carter, same thing, power yeah, guy. No, but it's the, nailing- shooter, here's the thing, and thanks for the call. Th- that was in the twilight of their career. They, they, those guys were great, were athletically gifted, did a, a ton of great things, and then when they had to transform their game, they were able to. This should not be that stage of R.J. Barrett's career. No, I mean, I think at this point you were expecting him to be, I mean, you were hoping he'd be the best player on the team. Yeah, and, and you can't even play him crunch time in, in the big moments. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. Is this gimmicky to you, by the way, what the NFL is considering? Dean Blandino was on uh, ESPN Radio discussing 4th and 15 instead of uh, of the onside kick. Curious. I think there are some NFL clubs that are going to propose the 4th and 15th. It's been on, on the table before, and I think especially what you saw happen in our Week 1 game with St. Louis and being able to get that 4th and 15th, they're down 12 points with a minute-plus left to go, and they end up winning the game because they convert that 4th and 15th. I think we're going to see that discussed in the NFL, and I think there's going to be a proposal. Now, will it get passed? I don't know. I don't, and maybe you say this is, you know, get off my lawn, old man. I don't, I don't think I want that. How do you feel about that? No, I don't think I want it either. But I also would like it. I would still like to have a chance. I mean, the onside kick is. The onside kick does seem kind of archaic. But here, here's my point. Fourth and 15. As There's a lot that can go wrong for well, the defense. Right, right. Well, that, so. And I asked you guys this before the show. If I'm in fourth and 15 and I throw, obviously, is what I'm going to do. And now I grab the receiver four yards down the field and it's a flag. Now I'm sitting here at a first and 10. It it, it starts the whole thing up. Yeah, well, it'd be, it would be a regular play. Yeah, it would be a fourth yeah, no, and I don't, 15 I don't, play. I don't, I don't, I, I, here's what, what I would say. Make it more difficult than a fourth and 15. Like, so I dominate a game. I'm playing great football. I'm up 27-14 with two minutes to go. They score the, you know, meaningless touchdown with a minute and 44 to go. They have no timeouts left. Onside kick, we recover that, take a knee. Now they complete one fourth and 15, and all bets are off, and I can now lose the game? I, I don't know. I w- it, it feels too easy to me. Well, I don't think that fourth and 15 is easy. I mean, it's, it's easier than trying to – it feels easier – like there's more of a chance of doing that than than getting the onside kick. Well, yes, I, I mean I don't know what clip you're succeeding fourth and fifteen, but I guarantee you it's a heck of a lot better than a than an onside kick. Well, especially too. I mean, if you have one of these great quarterbacks, I mean, if you have Patrick Mahomes, right, you feel pretty good about your. And that's the thing, also. So now, if you have Zach Wilson, you have no chance, right? If you're if you're why? like a why uh, why what do you mean? Why you got to use that as the example? All right, if you're if you're any number of teams, you have no chance. So if, if your if your offense is built to like like oh, even even like the Niners where you're you're built to pick up a few yards here a few yards there and then you know throw in a third and four and pick up eight or ten yards like like kind of a grinded out offense you're now punished because other teams are capable of succeeding in a fourth and fifteen. Yeah, I don't like it. But I think that I mean teams are smart enough where they they would I mean they would have it would be something that they practice and they would have a certain number of plays. Yeah, like they're two they plays they about. would have that. Yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, though, isn't like, 
I understand you want your team to have a chance to come back. And the person will say, listen, I mean, this is, this is three phases to the game, offense, defense, and special teams. So your defense has got to make a stop. But if you've built a 12-point lead with a, a minute and whatever left, like, I get wanting to have a chance to come back, but still, like... It should be hard to get it. Like, it really should be hard. hard to come back. What would whole, you say? That's the whole point of building up a lead like that. What would you say the odds are that the Chiefs can complete a fourth and fifteen? Good, twenty percent. Um, yeah, probably somewhere. Yeah, around I, that. I, I don't think it's fair. Oh, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, it's fair. Well, if it, no, if a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you like it, but I don't think it's necessarily fair. No, I think there are other rules from the XFL that I would I would look what at do you before. Lo- what I what at do that. you like from the XFL? I don't hate the kickoff in the XFL. Which is what? They they don't have any room to run up on guys and then the, they can't block until the kick is caught. Right, they can't yeah, until the kick is caught they can't move. I don't hate that. And it becomes like a regular I mean it's almost like a regular play, but at least you're getting kick returns. Do you feel like we're on the verge of eliminating the kick return? That's what it feels like. Yeah. I like it. It's an exciting play. Oh, it's a great play. I mean, you want to talk about getting back in a game in a hurry. I mean, look what the look what the punt return did for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Changed the game. The great Kadarius Tony with that big play. And I like the I like the idea of having the whatever they wanted to call it during the playoffs. The review when they go up top. Oh, but, the it, what? Not the immediate review. The no the expedited review. Is expedited review. I love uh, dude, it. Let's have a have a sky judge, man. Have a have someone up top to make sure these calls get made right. Well, isn't that the most important thing? Uh, you don't want to do it every play. And you don't want to slow down the game. But isn't that the ideal? Is to have it that if there's a there's a mistake by the officials, somebody's looking at it and can buzz down and stop the play for quick. I mean, you can do it quickly. You know, it doesn't but have to take the, eight you minutes. You can be in the guys. You can be in the head referee's ear the whole time. How, how about by the way, last night? Oh, the review last night. Oh my Gross. god! How long do you think that thing took? So, over seven minutes. So how about this is a funny story. So Alex goes, "You think I have time to take a shower in the fourth quarter?" I was like, I don't know. Why don't you just wait till after the game? He's like, you know what? I think I'm going to go now. He jumps in the shower. He's out of the shower. Uh, he's like, what did I miss? I was like, you missed absolutely nothing. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't even pick up the game again. No, it took forever, man. And they gave Jalen Brunson a foul on that. They gave him a tech on. They that. gave him a technical foul on that. Yeah, I mean, which is. Yeah, do you really think? Did it look like he was really trying to kick him? I was. T- I thought it was an awful call. And, and I'm telling you, I don't. I don't care if you get it right or not. You cannot take seven plus minutes to, to make a call. No, that's way too long. It completely. I mean, completely kills the momentum. Whatever team has the momentum, guys are sitting around cold. It's just. It's bad. It's but, bad. Like, for here's the, the thing, though. It's bad I for mean, the fans. It's bad. Like the biggest games of the season, you want to make the calls right. So they got the expedited review. It doesn't take any extra time. It didn't take any extra time at all. Like you got the money, have yeah, a guy I, I up top. I would say biggest games of the season. Why can't you just do it for every game? No, I'm saying it's good enough for the biggest games of the season. But right. I'm saying, so I mean, you have the money to do it. Like just get it right. Like you don't want to. Like that was another thing that was proposed was reviewing, roughing the quarterback. That they don't. It doesn't sound like they want to do it. Well, you don't have to review it. Just have a guy up top. Right. Have a guy up top, and if, and if he thinks it's reviewable, then you review it. Or if he just tells him, "Hey, pick it up." That's all you got to do. Pick it up. I, I don't – that rough in the quarterback, what a disaster that is in football. Dude, the fact that they looked at 80 plays and had three questionable calls is a joke. And there was some just horrendous – there was a terrible one. I was it awful Dexter Lawrence ones. had that awful call? What's the one where he pulled uh, Trevor Lawrence by the jersey? Was it Trevor Lawrence or is it Washington? I don't remember the specific play, but I just – yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was that, that Jaguars game that ended on the one-yard line. But I just remember watching thinking to myself, what a disgusting call. 
Listen, I'm not saying the job is easy. It's hard, man. I mean, it gets fast. But why not put more eyes on it? Right. Just take advantage of the technology. Yeah. So what else? What else do you like from the XFL that could potentially swing over here? Um, I like that. I like the fact that you get to see Dan, Dean Blandino in the room making the decision, talking to the referee. I like a the lot kickoff. of people seem to to really like like all the the chatter that you get, right? The live mics and you, you hear what that. the guys are talking about. Yeah, that, that we played that clip yesterday it was funny. The quarterback was like, Will "You just shut the bleep up." Yeah, I like that. Did you hear? By the way, the coach, Santi, did you hear this? There was a coach. I don't. Is there an Orlando team? The Guardians, the former uh, New so, York team. It, it, who coaches that team? Oh, geez, hang on. Look that up. So the, so the coach, they're like, what, what do you think? He's like, my players stink. <laughs> he's like, he's he like, said what? that? Yeah, um, oh, oh, it's it's Terrell Buckley. Do I know Terrell Buckley? Former corner? Florida Florida's State? Stink. Yeah, he, he, you, you got to get the audio. He, it was very funny. Like, what do you think? He's like, the guys have to do better. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very upset. He's like, well, how do you change this? He's like, it's on them. They got to perform better. They they not me. I didn't do anything wrong. They stink. Got to be better. Maybe, it is such a helpless have... feeling, though. You've coached before. It is such a helpless feeling sometimes. We might have our uh, Sweet 16 game tonight. Ooh, what time? Uh, 7 o'clock. Oh, it's a big one. Well, if it happens. I don't know with the weather. If it's well, regardless, happen. whenever it happens, it's going to happen. It's not going to get canceled for good. It's going to yeah, be a big one. I would say if there was a, a, a betting spread on this game, we'd probably be five-point favorites. The three of you suck. Expected to win. Uh, yeah, I think the expectation that then it gets then it gets then it's like murderers row. It gets really hard after the game tonight. Then it gets dicey. Well, make sure you guys listen. It's tough. It's tough being the hunted man. Make sure you guys are ready. Oh, we'll be ready. They show up in the first quarter and they set the tone. We're going to have a Julius Randall in the first quarter and a Jalen Brunson in the fourth. Oh, I like it. Is what we're going to do. Now uh, we're talking. We have the, uh, who is it, Terrell Buckley? Is that his name, head coach of uh, Orlando? That's correct. Uh, you, l- listen to him lay the blame on everybody. Coach, how do you change this momentum? we got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got, <laughs> I got guys out there that are not competing, that are not making plays. So we got to get people in there, young men that want to play, that want to compete and make plays. I just saw you walk up and down this sideline and look some guys in their faces. What did you see out of your team? I'm seeing guys not performing. Look at the scoreboard. They got to perform. <laughs> I told you we stink. We're not good. I got to get better guys in there. I don't. I don't have guys. Is there another group of guys I can play? You know, sometimes though, there, it doesn't matter what you do. Any adjustment, it's just not. I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's kind of refreshing to hear it, though, isn't it? Well, because there's a certain point every every coach goes to where you're thinking that same thing. It's like, God, these guys, they just they stink right now. What's wrong with your guys? What's wrong with the guys? The guys stink. That's what's wrong with the guys. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. I need different guys. And then she asked the question. You look frustrated going up and down the sideline. Yeah, because my guys stink. That's why. <laughs> That's exactly the reason. Thanks for listening to the DPHRO and Rothenberg podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN New York app. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.